The views and opinions expressed on my story, Living with Lupus Podcast, represents each person's individual experience. By listening to this podcast or reading our blog, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. As always, consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. My Story Living with Lupus podcast is officially trademarked, all rights reserved. Thank you for joining me for another episode of My Story, Living with Lupus. I'm your host, Susan Hendricks, and I'm so glad that you could join me on this Friday, April 24th, 2020. Today, I will be talking about COVID-19, looking beyond tomorrow for healthcare and society. So you know what I want you to do. That's right, all the way from the United States to South Africa. Grab your cup of coffee, your cup of tea, and to my listeners late at night, grab your favorite glass of wine and join the conversation right here on my story, Living With Lupus.
There was an article written in JAMA Network dated April 17th, 2020. COVID-19 looking beyond tomorrow for healthcare and society. The article states just six months ago, the novel Coronavirus, now known as a sphere acute respiratory syndrome, coronavirus, and COVID-19, the severe disease it causes, were unheard of. Today, this highly contagious and dangerous virus and the widespread virulent disease its causes have resulted in major disruptions of business, education, and transportation and have permeated and interrupted virtually every aspect of daily life. Millions of people have been affected by COVID-19. Hundreds of thousands have experienced critical illness and tens of thousands have died. Physicians, other healthcare professionals and healthcare systems around the world have been challenged like never before in recent history. Since one of the first publications in JAMA titled Coronavirus Infections, More Than Just the Common Cold by Fauci and colleagues on January 23rd, 2020. It was clear that the scope and ultimate effects of this outbreak were unclear and would evolve rapidly. However, at some point, the acute phase of the pandemic will end, and it will be necessary to understand what the future may look like in healthcare and in society. Various forecasts have suggested possible timelines for when peaks in disease activity, intensity, and severity of COVID-19 may begin to gradually subside. There are major concerns and uncertainty, not only regarding when a return to some semblance of normal activities might occur, but also regarding what that new normal would be like in terms of implications related to lingering risk of ongoing COVID-19 disease. These implications may be profound and most likely will have important consequences for daily life and for the healthcare system, at least in the short term, as severe disease and the current pandemic begin to subside, some of the significant and fundamental changes that have to occur in healthcare and in society will remain in place, and many of these may become permanent. It is possible to know. 
exactly what the future pattern of COVID-19 disease activity might be, because it seems that the only predictable aspect of this pandemic is that it has been unpredictable. For instance, it is unknown whether there will be substantially less disease over the coming months or whether a second wave of pervasive severe disease will emerge. However, as more reliable data and evidence from the acute phase of the pandemic become available, it may be possible to use this information to provide some insights about the future potential consequences of COVID-19 for the healthcare system. If you would like to appear on an episode of My Story Living with Lupus, you can contact us at mystorylivingwithlupus at gmail.com. Also visit us on our Instagram page and also our website, My Story Living with Lupus. Now, it is clear that the U.S. and countries around the world must be better prepared for what may emerge in the coming months than they were for the initial pandemic, and they may need to implement bold and creative responses. Accordingly, in a series of upcoming viewpoints, JAMA states they will attempt to look beyond tomorrow to the post-acute phase to describe and understand various issues in healthcare that may need to be considered and addressed. Among these may be clinical issues, such as development of effective therapies and a safe vaccine, public health issues, such as continued surveillance, risk mitigation, and contaminant infectious disease-specific issues, such as appropriate therapeutic interventions, serologic testing, and provision of transmission, financial issues such as implications for national health care spending and for hospitals and practices, operational issues such as meeting pent-up demand for delayed healthcare services and transitioning to increased use of telehealth, preparedness 
issues such as ensuring adequate equipment, supplies, and personnel to mount an effective response to COVID-19 resurgence or perhaps another severe disease outbreak. Now, here in Michigan, we are beginning to feel the effects of COVID-19, not only in the loss of lives, but in the loss of healthcare workers along with healthcare facilities. One hospital in Wayne, Michigan, closed. That was Beaumont Hospital. The Henry Ford Health System furloughed over 2,800 employees across the board. As I was speaking to um, someone yesterday about it, and they stated, you said this was going to happen. I said, yes, the health care system at this point is overwhelmed and the funds is barely there. I am currently looking at now where physicians' offices will have to reorganize how they will operate. There's a possibility that there will be cutbacks in staff or in staff hours. Um, On Thursday, I was to have a telehealth um, call from my rheumatologist. But Wednesday, I received a call from his office stating that he is ill but they could find another doctor to um, talk to me. And I told them, no, I said, I will wait. That is my personal preference. He knows my case. I will wait and pray that he gets better. And they told me, fine, that when that happens, they will reschedule. Also, I have been having heart issues and I had a telehealth video call from my cardiologist. Yes, on April the 29th, I have to go to the hospital to be tested. He informed me that due to my lupus and my other underlying conditions that I will be the only one in the lobby. There will be a guard to meet me. He will disinfect me. Um, He stated that, Susan, I know that you always wear gloves and masks. Do not touch anything on the elevator. Get a wipe 
and touch the elevator buttons. Um, when you come into um, where I'm supposed to have the testing at, there will be no one in the waiting room. They will take you directly back, do your testing, and then you will go out. Let me tell you something about my cardiologist. He's asked me, do you have enough protective gear? I told him, I always keep a supply of masks and gloves. He said, if you don't, I will give it to you. Now, do you have a doctor that is that concerned about your well-being that will tell you if you don't have enough, I will provide it for you? That right there, I knew that <clears throat> my cardiologist, excuse me, was a caring physician. He put his patients first. But for him to offer that to me, that solidified um, the deal for me with him. Now, as you all know, that I have stated before in previous podcasts that I have had longtime friends to pass from this. Well, I received a call Wednesday night to inform me that a friend of mine for over 20 years died from the virus. Now, you may hear the administration stating that they will open the country up. They need the country to get back to, to be flourishing. All I want to tell you is this. If you care to listen to what the administration says, do so. That's your choice. Because my personal opinion, every since this hit, it has been confusion coming from that administration. The administration first stated it was a democratic hoax. Next thing the administration stated, I never said that. Next thing you hear is him trying to be a physician and talk over the doctors and the scientists. Yes, this country is confused because you don't know what to believe. Next, it was stated that the previous administration never informed him or stated anything about a pandemic. That was proven to be a lie. 
It was allegedly reported that Clinton administration informed the Bush administration what was going on and the Bush administration informed the Obama administration. Yes, there are news videos of President Obama stating that he is more concerned about a pandemic hitting. He was trying to set things in motion then. But then the current administration dismantled what the previous three administrations had set in place. So, as I stated before, this is my opinion. They knew well in advance that this was headed our way. And the reason why everything is so confusing and messed up is on the part of the current administration. Now, for as Georgia goes, you have a mayor there that is trying to keep her people in, pl in place and it's safe. But then you have the governor of Georgia, I believe, that's stating the first thing that they are going to open up is the barbershops, hair salons, nail salons. To my listeners in Georgia, let me say this to you. They know. Well, before I say what I'm going to say, let me say, I'm directly speaking to the individuals who have received their stimulus checks in Georgia. And your hands are itching to get rid of that money. Why do you think they opened up the barbershops? Why do you think they opened up the nail salons? Why do you think that they even open up the hair salons where women go? Why do you think they're opening up bowling alleys? Now, this is just my opinion. You, We can agree to disagree. While you're standing in that long line trying to get that hair dyed, fried, and laid to the side, and get that money out your pocket. Where are you going to get the money for the next appointment you make? Because, hey, let's be for real. The Everyone in this country is out of work. So where are you going to get the money? And to my ladies going into those nail salons to get those long nails placed on 
One, how do you know the instruments that are being used have been properly sterilized? Number two, don't you know that long nails carry bacteria underneath? Come on, let's be for real about this. You have more than likely kids. You have rent to pay. You have a car note to pay. You have utilities to pay. You need to buy food. You need health care. But you're going out and blowing that money in less than two hours and don't know where another dime is coming from. Ladies, back in the day, when I was growing up, you remember when your mother used to do your hair in the kitchen? You remember when your mother used to wash your hair either in the bathroom sink or in the bathtub? I suggest you take that money and spend it on the necessities of life and put some of that money away. Start rethinking on a financial level. You know, you should be sitting up. We're all talented. We all have a talent. Tap into that talent and state. I'm going to start doing this to bring in extra money because I don't know when the next time I will get another dime. I don't know if the company I worked for will reopen. And if they reopen, will I be hired back? And to all my Walmart shoppers, yes. Instead of filling that basket up with toys and widescreen, flat screen TVs, you should be banking that money. I'm not saying not to to buy your kids something. Be mindful. Kids are out of school. They need to be educated. Why not help them advance their learning? Come on, people. We have to wake up and realize what is going on. Yes, social distancing. Hmm. I've seen a lot of people out when I go to the grocery store. No masks, no gloves. And there's an old saying that you don't think fat meat is greasy. Well, You're a prime example 
of who can get COVID-19 because it does not discriminate. A five-year-old child here died in Michigan from COVID-19. Wake up, become financially responsible, save some of that stimulus money, because at this point, we do not know what will happen from one day to the next. I have a girlfriend who is a nurse. She was the one of the ones who got furloughed. Yeah, she lost her job. But she is financially responsible. She had her an emergency fund. When she called me and stated to me, she said, Susan, I remember what your mother told me when she was living. Always keep you an emergency stash. And she said, I'm okay for right now. But looking down the road, she said, I may have to invent myself and do something else to go into teaching or leave the state of Michigan looking elsewhere for employment. That is my opinion. Think about what I said. And like I said, you may not agree, but we can agree to disagree. I'll be right back. Before I let you go, I was recently on the At Win podcast when Kelly Charles interviewed me. So when you get the chance, check her podcast out. That's Ask When. Um, I want to read you two excerpts from a paper that was written by Susan L. Hendricks. The title, Fleecing of American Healthcare System. Because of healthcare's special status, society has an ethical obligation to ensure that all people have access to an adequate level of health care, including access to new technologies as well as existing ones, without facing excessive burdens in obtaining such care. Society's recognition and implementation of this obligation is all more important because market forces alone will not produce appropriate distribution of healthcare resources. For those making decisions about resource allocations, ethical pitfalls can be 
avoided if policy formulation is differentiated from clinical decisions about specific patients' access to care. Certainly, a key element in quality health care is to ensure that the three elements are in place, that the structure of the system is strong, and that clinicians are able to know what to do and are able to do it with skills and expertise. We also need to measure how well we do in the structure and process of care to measure outcomes we achieve and to identify areas where there is an opportunity for improvement. We need to develop more and better understandable formats that help improve healthcare decision-making. And it is critically important that this information is available in the public domain. It is in my opinion that the initial stimulus package which rolled out the first ones that should have received funds was our health care system. By making them last in receiving funds, it has done a great injustice not only to the healthcare system, but to society as a whole. I'm Susan Hendricks, your host for my story, Living with Lupus. Be safe, stay at home, people. And if you have to go out, put your mask on and your gloves. I'll see you next week for another episode.
individual experience. By listening to this podcast or reading our blog, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. As always, consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. My Story Living with Lucas podcast is officially trademarked, all rights reserved. Thank you.